Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, we hit on Nate Oates and how the 2019 class would shape up last week. That picture became even more clear on Tuesday. UConn landed R.J. Cole's commitment. Presumably, at this point, the last spot will go to either Trendon Watford or James Rojas. As we mentioned, uh, Watford, Brad, is announcing his commitment on the 20th. Do you have any remaining hope whatsoever that Trendon Watford could end up in Tuscaloosa? Uh, at this point, I think there's a better chance of me making something out of my life than him coming to <laughs> Bama, to be honest with you. So for all those of you who think uh, he's Bama bound, I mean, I'll never say it's, it's zero percent just because I don't think he truly knows. I mean, yeah, he did a commitment video, but I, I it would shock me beyond any. It would be witnessing a freaking miracle in front of me. It would just be incredible if he did. Now, from what I understand, talking to a couple people uh, associated with some things around the basketball program, Rojas is already ready to go and is indicating he's going to be the one filling that last spot, barring anything completely unexpected. So, Yeah, look, I'm very pro kids going where they want to go to college. So if Trendon Watford wants to go to LSU, that's where he should sign. I, I imagine he'll get some backlash on social media on Monday. But I can't be a hypocrite and act like he owes Alabama something because he lives an hour from campus. You were okay when Landon Collins or Dylan Moses or Cam Robinson, all of those Louisiana guys signed with Alabama, right? Just like I was? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Tim Williams went to high school literally on LSU's campus. Mm-hmm. And think about the meltdown in February LSU fans had when uh, Ishmael Sopcher announced his commitment to Alabama. Oh, it's my favorite annual thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbecoming, to say the least. And I hope our fan base doesn't follow suit in that. But none of those guys owed LSU anything. They went where they wanted to go. Trendon Watford should do the same. Yeah, I suspect he will. And I think all signs basically point to Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, wish them all the best if that does hold. But unfortunately, I do think uh, part of that Walmart fan base section of ours, uh, I have a feeling they're going to be having some Twitter fingers with their Anon accounts uh, come Monday. Now, I said all of that to say this. Outside of him just wanting to be there, I do not understand Watford potentially ending up at LSU. One, the Will Wade situation may not be done, as we all know. <laughs> if, if he signs with LSU and the Wade case progresses, there's still a possibility he is not coaching there next season. Look, I'll be honest with you. I don't think any of this is – it's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of nationally of what that's going to turn into. I mean, we'll see what happens, you know, with Arizona, Kansas, LSU, but I won't be shocked. Trendon, let's just put it this way. If he goes to LSU, let's let's hope he's confident he's going to be a one and done because I could definitely see a high probability of, you know, Wade getting hauled off to the old uh, state penitentiary. (laughs) On top of that, their whole roster entered the NBA draft. Like, Tremont Waters and Nas Reed are gone. Yeah, I mean, and that's definitely has nothing to do with anything going on either. <laughs> yeah, uh, they aren't pulling their name. Like, those two are not pulling their names out. That that was the heart of their team. Those two set them apart. So even if guys like Javante Smart pull their name out and return, they aren't going to have the same success they did last season. Trendon Wofford is potentially heading to Baton Rouge to play with nobody. <laughs> their incoming class is ranked 87th in the country, sandwiched in between Florida Atlantic and Rice. <laughs> Okay, that smell, that sounds like a Friday night special dinner plate, you know. Um, that's crazy, man. I mean, I guess it's like, you know, what happened to Ole Miss after they got busted. Um, you know, I had to quit for at least a year throwing out that cash, dropped out of the top 25 in recruiting in football. LSU, they have rats jump ship. They can't get anybody to come to Red Stick without uh, 
without, you know, walking a, th- a fine line. Yeah, when the feds have their eyes on you. Um, I mean, look, we, we all know when the feds be watching, man. <laughs> look, of course, they're going to move up some, assuming Watford commits there Monday. But here are some classes currently ranked ahead of LSU's. UNC Greensboro, LaSalle. Did you catch any LaSalle games this year? You know, as a uh, – was like they're like my secondary team. Oh, okay. But um, – and I'm being facetious. <laughs> I, I had a lot of things going on throughout the season uh, to where I, I didn't catch any. Okay, they probably weren't on TV, that's why. Uh, Long Beach State and Charlotte are ranked ahead of LSU currently. Uh, Nas Reed and Tremont Waters are not being replaced with anything comparable. How the hell – Charlotte, they – Charlotte didn't even have an athletic freaking program, I don't think, until 2010. <laughs> like, I'd expect to hear some news on James Rojas soon uh, after the after the Watford commitment, but we've talked about how Nate Oates is stepping into a win-now situation before. And that line of thought is progressing even more now that the guys in the SEC are announcing their draft intentions. And the, the league always loses talented players but even more so this year from top to bottom. Of course, like we said, Najri Tremont Water is gone. LSU will not be the same. Uh, for Tennessee, Admiral Schofield graduated. Grant Williams was the SEC Player of the Year twice. He announced his decision to stay in the draft. It looks like they'll lose Jordan Bone as well uh, after the way he tested. Auburn, uh, they're losing Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, Chuma Okiki. So three of the top teams in the league, Brad, are losing basically the top eight players on all of those rosters. And we're not even counting Kentucky because there's there's turnover on their roster every year. So I think they're going to be okay. But the league's going to be in a transition year. So the expectations for Nate Oates in year one have risen even more for me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were already you know pretty sky high on the chart with them uh, coming in. Unfortunately for him, it's a little unfair, but man, it's, it's warranted right now. So well, we're going to go ahead, like Jim Cramer would do, we're going to make it a, a double buy right now. You're going to buy all the stock in Nate Oates right now because, I mean, dude, the way he's recruiting, I mean, freaking A, like we talked about last week. I mean, he's got over 20 freaking offers out to four- and five-star guys over the next two recruiting classes. Yeah. Um, the articles that keep coming out over the last two months about, you know, coaches across the country, you know, who have the potential to make a big splash this year or maybe are underrated or undervalued, you know, you just keep reading this similar story about Coach Oates, and that's how well-respected he is throughout the entire basketball community. Yeah, and look, there's some talent coming into the league as well, but Alabama has the fourth-ranked class in the SEC right now. So even more so with when you add talent coming in, and th- and that's not even counting uh, James Beetle Bolden transferring in as well. He's not he's not counted in the uh, in the numbers for the recruiting classes. So when you when you have that in addition to what you have returning. And like you said, it may not be fair for, for Nate Oates, but I think if you asked him in private and he was being honest, he would tell you the same thing. He should make the tournament in year one. Oh, I, I think from day one, when he took the job, realistically, he, that's where he set his bar. You know, coaches set their bar so high because they have to, but I think he expects nothing less because he knows what he's walking into. And, and I mean, it's the same for us. And I don't even think it's just making the tournament. I, I think, with the potential he has, the injury barring, I mean, dude, we could be talking about, you know, making it to the round of 32 again. So, yeah, you've brought this up. I'm just glad that something is in place right now. And I know he hasn't caught, he hasn't coached a game yet, but I'm glad something is in place to where we can bring up basketball almost every week. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. true. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. You know, and I look, 
I, I won't be shocked here next year or maybe the following year. We're doing the same thing with baseball throughout the season as well. So uh, it is trending in that direction. You know, and uh, it's it's incredible. I never really considered deeply <laughs> the potential of the program overall until, you know, this really kicked in again and it, and it opened my eyes. And it's, it's just it's absolutely amazing. Who would have ever thought that one of the biggest athletic departments in the country can actually have success in all sports if you get the right person there? All right. And we'll be right back to talk football after this. All right, moving on to football, Brad. Five-star running back Kendall Milton from California announced his final four, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and Georgia. He's a top 25 player in the nation, and even after landing both Trey Sanders and Keelan Robinson last cycle, Alabama's putting an emphasis on running back again this cycle. Could that be because the staff in Tuscaloosa expects your Najee Harris predictions to come true? (laughs) Well, let me tell you what, my dry bank account sure as hell hopes so, because (laughs) I need him to raise that trophy the first weekend of December and and win me that money. And it's almost like a weekly shout out to everybody. I'm not telling you to gamble, but go freaking put the money on Najee Harris right now. 30 to 1 odds to win the Heisman. You put $100 down, you win $3,000. Just saying, it's a good shot. Now, Brian Robinson's also going to come out to light for these people that don't know about him. You got Trey Sanders. You got Robinson. So I'm not really concerned with the depth this year, but when you look forward to next year, yeah, it's a problem. And from what I understand, this year's recruiting class coming up has plentiful depth of talent at running back. Yeah, 2020 class is loaded. Uh, Six of the top 27 players in the country are running backs, all five stars. That's really an anomaly. Uh, Alabama intends on landing one of those, those top guys. I think one of, or I don't think, I know one of three things are going to happen. Either both Najee Harris and Brian Robinson return for their senior seasons, one of those guys leave, or both of those guys leave. And I think, you know, Alabama is preparing for all any situation that may come with that. Yeah, for sure. And then even if Clemson wants to sign five of them, you still got one other. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they've already got one locked down. They've already they already have one five star running back committed. So you know they got another commitment on tonight, Friday night. <laughs> it's, they've got seventeen of the top one hundred players <laughs> in the country. I mean, what the hell, man? <laughs> uh, it's absurd. I mean, nobody is catching them. They would, uh, like we mentioned, it's it would take something catastrophic to happen to Clemson for them to not have the number one class. And it's going to be by a mile. Yeah, I think they're going to – it'll be – they're going to continue the streak. Uh, you know, last year we broke the record Georgia set the year before. I think they're definitely going to be our record from last year in terms yeah. of total points. Yeah. I have noticed something that may help Alabama's case on the recruiting trail, though. Have you seen oh. any of the early NFL mock drafts or big boards for next year's draft? Oh, I, I've seen one in particular uh, the, the week following the draft, and uh, let's just say it was like we were on dynasty mode on NCAA. <laughs> CBS has seven from Alabama going in the first round. Mel Kuyper, he released his big board. He has six in the top 25. In 10 major publications with mock drafts, Alabama has 11 total players listed in the first round of at least one of them. In the first round. I mean, it's Miami 2001 right now. <laughs> I know you'll be you will be personally offended by this, but Najee Harris was only listed on one of those mock drafts. Sports Illustrated has him as the 30th overall pick. Yeah, I mean, there's still that stigma facing you know running backs in the first round, even though it continues to be broken now over the last few years. Mm-hmm. But 
It's going to be hard to overlook him in the first round when he's got about <laughs> 2,000 yards and 18 touchdowns. Just saying. Uh, there are several mocks that have Tua and Jerry Judy as the top two picks in the draft. Yeah, I saw Kuyper put Judy at number one. Yeah. Uh, how quick is Nick Saban on the phone with a quarterback or wide receiver recruit if that actually happens? Well, I think he was probably also calling Kuyper like, dude, calm the hell down. <laughs> um, but no, 100%. I mean, this is – dude, I've been saying this since we started this thing. It, it just continues to blow my mind. The little attributes or records or just unbelievable things that Saban or the team accomplish or do. And, and to think that there is a potential of 11 different players who have first-round grade potential, yeah. legitimate. And I mean, we're talking a month after the draft, so don't get me wrong. I mean, that's like, yeah. you know, looking forward to New Year's next year. So uh, it's hard to say, but, I mean, I think legitimately you could see us break that record Ohio State set a couple years back. Yeah, if Tua and Judy go one and two, he is chatting with a five-star quarterback's mom by the time the third pick is announced. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hypothetical. Hypothetical. If Jerry Judy matches or surpasses his performance from last season, are we talking about him being the best wide receiver to ever play at Alabama? All I, things considered, I, I probably. I know that's putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, no, no. All things considered, probably. I mean, here's the thing, though. Just in the you know 13 years going into now, Nick Saban's been there. We've seen three different types of Alabama teams, basically, mm-hmm. in terms of offense and everything. So, Julio's always going to be Julio. I mean, at some point, he's going to get his damn statue down there. To me, Amari, it just has a special place in my heart. But, man, Judy, I mean, Ridley was awesome. But Judy, I don't know, dude. He, he's just on another effing level. And if he surpasses that again this year, wins the bullet and cough again, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to, you know, make a case that he's not. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm sure when you, if if you go back in time, and he, um, you would have to mention like Don Hudson and some of those guys as well. Ridley had great cuts. Mario had great cuts, but it's something about just the way he goes in and comes out of the, every single motion he does. It, it's unreal. It, it is so damn smooth. He's so fast. He's reliable. I, I don't, and I'm telling you, I, I am falling in love with him even more. But. That idea of him surpassing this past year, next mm. year, oh, the hell with nausea. Let's get Jerry up in New York. <laughs> I had that thought earlier that, I mean, there is potential that we could have, you know, if they're one and two in the mock drafts, and if that comes to fruition, that means that they had gigantic seasons. There is a potential that we have a quarterback and wide receiver in New York. I don't know the last school that had two players there at one time. I don't know if that's even ever happened. I, I would think it may have, but uh, did, uh, I think USC did when they were oh, when they were on their Leonard run. Bush. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So yeah, with Judy, look, Amari won the Bolitnikov. He well, he was the Heisman runner up. So it's absolutely attainable. One common name is Terrell Lewis. Are you surprised by that? No, and I'm going to say no because. I don't want him showing up like he did our buddy Mark Burnett and being like, oh, I heard you thought I would look like Mike Tyson. Um, But no, I'm not surprised because of the fact that he is just a damn freak of nature. When you have the skill set he does, the build he does, uh, unfortunately he has the knock against the injuries, but I I can see it. dude. He he would be – imagine him in New England or with the Bears. I mean – He's got that potential. Now, we'll see what this season does because it could literally make or break where he goes. But if he can stay healthy, we need him. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. Dude, yeah. I mean, how many 6'6 guys are 
out there with 8% body fat. So he, he has to stay healthy though. He cannot go three years in a row being sidelined. Yeah. I mean, he might go to the fourth, fifth round if he got hurt again, yeah. if not farther. Yeah. Before we wrap up, we do want to mention going forward, we'll have some softball segments. Uh, as long as they remain in the NCAA tournament, they drubbed Alabama State in the first game of the regional. But as more games are played and they get deeper into the regional and, ho- and hopefully super regional, we will definitely hit on that. Yep. No, looking forward to it, man. You know, the girls got screwed a little bit with their seating, and uh, hopefully they can still fight through it, and we can uh, see them up at the Super Regionals. All right. This has been the Roll Bama Roll Podcast. Roll Tide.